just went after Chatter and rocked him with a right hand. Now they get together, and Liebold continues to rack up the majors here. Now Liebold with the right hand puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Liebold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen. I played major junior in professional hockey. Throughout my teenage years on the outside, everything looked perfect. When you're hot, you're hot. Freddie Leobold with his fourth goal of the game. And the Kelowna Rockets having a whole lot of fun tonight. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody. I submerged myself into hockey. I worked for a while until it didn't. Oxycontin led me to heroin. Heroin led me to fentanyl and everything else. Homeless on the streets of Hastings in Vancouver. Over three years of my life I've spent behind bars. But now I'm clean fighting to get my life back. Everything I do is for the memory of Matthew Wazinski and all of our fallen brothers and sisters in the hockey community. Matthew Wazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. I lost everything and almost my life. My name's Brady Leibold and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. All right, guys, welcome to episode number nine, Hockey to Hell and Back. I'm getting emotional already. Today's a very special day. Thank you for joining me. If you're watching live, if you're listening, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, I surely appreciate it. Matt's taken off. Um yeah, this is uh, an emotional day. Usually I'm a lot more excited uh, to get going into a podcast. Uh, I have lots to talk about. I always do. Um, but before we get into it, um, let's do this. When I first started the podcast, I was extremely nervous. I thought I was the only former professional hockey player to really be struggling with addiction. It didn't take long for me to realize that this was a real problem in the hockey community. There have been a multitude of deaths related to mental health and addiction in the hockey community. People started to first take notice back in 2011 when we saw three NHL players die within just a few months of each other. Shortly after that, 
I was completely disconnected from the hockey community. I was so enthralled in my addiction, I had no idea what was going on around me or certainly not in the hockey community. Back to when I started the podcast, I was nervous. I thought I was the only one with this story. Shortly after that, Matt Thompson told me about Matthew Lazinski. And it was evident to me that there was more than just me struggling. And in fact, somebody had lost their life because of it. In my opinion, one life is too many. Two lives is way too many. And what happened after that was even worse. I started to uncover the darkness in the hockey community. Not only suicides, but so many overdoses. And we're not just talking about professional hockey players. We're talking about minor hockey players too. That's right. Shortly after starting the podcast, Sportsnet released an article sharing my story. In that story, I wanted to tell the writer Gare Joyce about my experiences with Mitch Fadden down in Norfolk, Virginia, and also at the Tampa Bay Lightning's prospect camp. But I was reluctant. I didn't want to use his name without his permission, and I hadn't talked to him in years. So I carried on with the story, and I left out his name. After it was released, I went on a mission to try to find Mitch to explain to him that I'd turned my life around and that I wanted him on my podcast. I must have left him five or six Facebook messages explaining to him how I'd turned my life around and I hoped that we could reconnect. About three weeks after that article was released, I got a phone call from a guy named Justin Bryan. He told me I should sit down. And I knew in that moment, something wasn't right. He carried on to tell me that Mitch Fadden lost his life on December 3rd, 2017 to a fatal overdose. In that moment, I was blown away. I'd ar- I was already blown away by the development of Matthew Lazinski, but now this was a guy that I knew. This was my former teammate. This was my former roommate. This was my friend. This one hurt the heart. I knew Mitch had his struggles. We struggled together on numerous occasions. And we also laughed, we fought, and in some cases we even cried. I never did see Mitch Fadden again after he left Norfolk, after he went back to the Western Hockey League and I carried on with my pro career. Mitch was twice the hockey player I was and one of the most skilled guys in the entire Western Hockey League. He was one of those guys that you just couldn't take your eyes off of when he was on the ice. He was just that skilled. He had red hair. I used to call him Carrot Top and it would piss him off. We would fight like cats and dogs, but at the end of the day, we were brothers. We were teammates. I'm still in disbelief that Mitch is gone, but when I heard the news and once it registered, my focus went from drive to overdrive. Today marks three years that we lost Mitch Fadden. There's nothing anyone can do to bring him back, but there's so much we can do to remember him. Not only can we honor him, but I know I can honor him by keeping doing exactly what I'm doing, staying on the right path, and never going back to addiction. I'm really not good with this kind of stuff. It makes me emotional, it makes me feel awkward, it makes me feel weird, and honestly, it makes me feel scared. But it also makes me feel extremely grateful. I'm here to honor guys like Mitch Fadden and Matthew Lazinski and all the men and women that we've lost to things like suicide and addiction. There's absolutely no explanation for why I'm here and why they are not. I've stopped asking myself those questions and started to put my head down and go to work. It's time to make change in the hockey community. I never, ever want to see a headline like this again. Not only because it was my friend, but my brother in the hockey community. You may be gone, but you're never forgotten. Love you, brother. 
There's no question that Mitch is up there right now scoring on the likes of Terry Sawchuk and Pelly Lindbergh. Forever skating with angels, but never forgotten. Rest in peace, Mitch. All right. So it's a tough one, right? Uh, before we get into the podcast, um, you know, I thought before today, I actually thought Mitch passed away December 4th. Uh, so I pushed the podcast back went from my usual day on Wednesday to today, the Thursday, thinking today was December the, the 4th. Uh, Blair Buckman, my friend up in uh, North Bay, shortly messaged me or a couple hours after was like, Hey, you know, it's December 4th is actually a Friday. Right. And I'm like, Oh shit. So I thought I was like, Oh, well, I guess I'm still going to do my podcast on Thursday. I'm still going to honor Mitch, but it won't be on the right day. Well, a couple hours ago, I found out from his brother that today's actually the day that he passed away three years ago. So it's kind of weird that I was right, but I wasn't right. And it's, uh, you know, it wasn't like it was a total mind blowing thing because it was only a day off. But um, I just want to take the time to to send my love to Mitch's family um, out in BC, and they have a golf tournament every single year. Um, and it's my hope that with COVID pending, that uh, the puck support has at least one foursome there and playing in it next year. Hopefully, more than one, because uh, I would love to be there. Um, I'd like to talk more about Mitch on a, you know, on a special episode, maybe uh, down the road. Um, but I could sit here and talk about him all day. Um, it, I'm going to get a video made of all the guys that played with him against him, coached against him, uh, coached him, etc. It's going to take some time because I want to do it right. Um, but I mean, if you talk to anybody about Mitch Fadden, his skill level was insane. Um, and you know, if you re- go back and read the Sportsnet article, um, you know, it talks about how I was, uh, you know, partying the night before. I wasn't even really partying. I mean, we both had our issues and stuff. And that was kind of the first night we connected was that night. And we ended up staying up all night uh, doing things we shouldn't have been doing uh, when we were at, like, you know, the biggest point in our hockey careers there. Um, and instead of sleeping like everybody else, us two idiots stayed up together laughing whatever and then the next day and this is a true story and there's so many unbelievable stories like down when we were in virginia that i would tell and i'm gonna tell you gotta you're gonna have to buy my book for the, those ones but um this one you know like we stayed up all night i remember seeing him the next day at breakfast because we ended up sleeping for like two hours i went back to my room or whatever see him at breakfast and i'm like holy shit man like what the fuck were we thinking, right? And he's like, yeah, like that was not a good idea. So fast forward to the game, we get our little pregame nap in and and Barry Melrose was the coach at the time. He comes in to read the starting lineup. Who's starting the game? At left wing, we got Mitch Fadden. At right wing, we got Brady Leavold. And at center ice, we got number 91, Steven Stamkos. What? Oops, maybe the two idiots shouldn't have been partying the night before. But you know what? It worked out good. There's actually a goal that he scored, a shootout goal. Um, He was unbelievable. That camp, it didn't even affect him at all. I felt like shit. I wasn't very good, but he seemed to be um, invincible. So 
I wanted to share those uh, quick memories with you guys. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about the Puck Support Foundation uh, at the end of the uh, the show. Um, but as you guys can see, I have this hoodie. You'll probably never see a hoodie like this again because I changed the logo after. Um, but I'm going to wear it because I don't like to waste anything, not even food. I will like eat like the kids leftover food from like the day before, even if it sat out on the counter. You can ask Taylor. I'm a weirdo like that. But anyways, uh, I guess it's what happens when you were homeless on Hastings and like really struggling and then in jail, like fighting for food. Like it's crazy. You're starving in those in that place. Uh, anyways, let's do it. Um, let's lighten the mood a little bit. Um, it's it's hard. It's hard to deal with those things. And, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's sad. But like I want to celebrate Mitch because how? Because he was such a great guy. I almost pulled my headphones off. I keep thinking I have my wireless ones, but I keep remembering that they were stolen when I was in Aurelia. Uh, but you know, we can remember him and remember all the good times. Uh, so, you know, Mitch, you're never going to be forgotten. Uh, and like I said, once I found out he passed away, that one was like, what the hell is really going on here? And it just kicked my drive into overdrive. So, um, before we do get into the episode, you know, this episode is probably brought to you by Team Issued Limited. Team Issue is connecting all walks of life. Team Issue does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Guys, check it out. Teamissue.ca. Use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchase. There it is right there, guys. Tommy Toe Drag. I've been, I'm at the one-stop skate shop working on my toe drags on the concrete. You better believe it. If I'm making a comeback, the toe drag's coming back too. Use toe drag 15 to get 15% off your total purchase and support my former teammate, Jesse Paradise and Team Issue Limited. But now that we got that out of the way, let's get serious and get my hat on backwards. My nose is running. That was emotional. But let's do it, guys. Let's get back into uh, back into podcasting mode. I'm excited for this one. Probably going to cry again. Actually, I know I'm probably going to cry again. So give me about five seconds and we'll see you in a, in a few minutes, guys. Have you ever stopped to really think about how much you might take your life for granted? I know I have recently. I like to think that I'm a pretty grateful human being these days. I mean, you've heard me talk about it numerous times through my Facebook Live videos, the podcast, and a couple even on Instagram about me and my five alarms throughout the day that say, stop, be grateful, you are alive. The next one, stop, be grateful, you are breathing. Stop, be grateful, you have both hands. You can see the trend. It's just constant reminders throughout the day to remind me of the little things that I would usually take for granted, like waking up every single morning. How about waking up every single morning with both my legs, both my hands, my sight, my smell, my taste? I am 100% physically abled. And I make sure that I'm reminded how lucky I am multiple times throughout the day. For the majority of my life, I didn't live my life this way. I was extremely ungrateful and in most cases, pretty obnoxious, entitled, 
am downright spoiled. I certainly still have a long ways to go, but over the course of the last year, my eyes have really opened to the amazing gift that is my life. And if you're listening to this, the gift that is your life. But the thing is, life is really precious. I've toyed with my life on numerous occasions, through suicide attempts, and even more so, through overdose, some intentional and some not. I'll say it again, there's really no reason for me to be here. I should have died a long time ago. Some way, somehow, and no question with a lot of help from above, I was able to pull myself through hell. Since the time I was five when I was sexually abused up until very recently, I was a very angry person. Sometimes I had feelings that I just couldn't explain and I didn't know why I was feeling them. And in some cases, I just wasn't ready to tell people about how I was feeling and about why I was feeling that way. Several different mental illnesses have been a huge part of my story and a big part of my battle. And even though I've conquered my addiction, conquering mental health is not so easy. But it is certainly possible. There's absolutely no question that I've experienced trauma in my life between my parents' separation, me being sexually abused, moving away from home at a young age through hockey, dealing with having kids at a young age and not making the right choices, and a big one that's been affecting my mental health these days is the fact that I'm a little bit institutionalized. It's been a very hard transition coming out of jail after spending almost three years behind bars. The list goes on. It's called life. Most people have a list that is very similar to this. Throughout the course of my life, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of amazing people. And since launching this podcast, that door has opened tenfold. I might have been a professional hockey player, but at the end of the day, I'm still a hockey fan. There's been moments when I've been able to fan out on my own podcast, talking to some of these hockey personalities that have now become some of my friends. That's just one very small part of it. It's the people that you don't see on TV and the people that never played professional hockey that may have made the biggest impact in my life. Enter Brad Bartko. I just recently met Brad and he instantly infected my heart and my entire world, as is the case with absolutely everybody he meets. I don't think I've met a more charismatic person in my entire life. I'm gonna let Brad tell you his own story, but before I do, if anyone ever asked me what a puck support warrior was, I would just say, look to Brad Bartko. Brad Bartko never played professional hockey. In fact, he never even played hockey, but he might be the biggest puck support warrior of all. Brad was born at only two pounds. He was given only 24 hours to live and spent 76 days fighting for his life in the hospital. The doctor said that if he wasn't sitting up by the age of two, that he would never be able to do anything. Brad endured over 20 surgeries. He may have small certain physical limitations, but the greatness that this man has achieved, the perseverance, the persistence is unbelievable. He is a first class human being. When I hear him tell his story, I sit here and I think, how can he not be so angry, so mad at the world? And you look at him and he's smiling. He is happy. He is infectious. He is such a great person. 
He is one of the best people that I know. Even though I've only known him for a very short period of time, I feel very privileged, very honored, and extremely grateful to not only call him a friend, but to call him a mentor. He is a leader and somebody that I will look to for guidance. He has his own charity. And after this, I hope that he will join us in the Puck Support Foundation, help us lead the charge in mental health, in hockey. Every single day when I wake up, if I'm not feeling good, I remind myself that Brad Barco has a lot more difficult than me. And right now, I bet you he's smiling. I say, shut up, Brady, be more like Brad. He's going to tell you his slogan, I'm sure. I'm not going to steal it because it's his and I love it. And I want him to say it. He is such an important person to me and to this community. I could literally sit here and talk about this guy for days, but without further ado, it is my extreme privilege and honor to introduce to you guys my friend, Mr. Brad Bartko. There he is. Dad, thanks so much for that, man. Wow, what a – I don't think I've had a, a better introduction than that. That was that was probably one of the best introductions I've had. I, I appreciate it. I'm humbled by it. Um, I'm, I'm, I, can't, I can't believe – I didn't know you thought those things, so it's good to know. I appreciate you, brother, uh, all you do and continue to do and what you've been through. I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible, and, and look at us, too. Just, just two guys trying to change the world, and 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 to follow, you know, to follow Mitch Baden and of course what what he did, and I mean the guy had, like you said, incredible skills, incredible hands. He was an unbelievable hockey player. I'm sure a world class human being, and uh, you know, hopefully we 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 do him some good honor uh, by by doing this show. So. Absolutely, thanks, Brad, and uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's looking down, man. And Mitch, yeah, he was. He was such a great guy. And, uh, um, you know, try to honor him the best that we can. And and I feel like for me, the best way that I can do that is just personally just keep going and never and never look back. And if we can change the world a little bit and help some people along the way, then that's just a bonus, right? Because, um, you know, there's nothing special about, about me. It's just, you know, I feel lucky that I'm here. And now I feel like there's a little bit more of a push um, from, from stories like that. But Brad, man, like, you know, to sit here and say, oh, I, you didn't know that, you know, I felt these this way about you or whatever. Like, come on, how many people do you know that meet you that don't say that about you? And you don't have to be humble and dumb it down or, or die yeah. down. You're a remarkable guy. So why don't you start at the very beginning? I, I shared briefly, but but just tell people that maybe don't know who Brad Barco is and what, what you f- have fought through. Because, you know, before you get into it, People wake up every single day. I know I do still. And I consider myself not so ungrateful as I used to be. But I wake up every single day and some days it's like, fuck, I don't even want to get out of bed. I just want to sleep in. You know what I mean? Um, Bitching about a job or bitching about this. People complaining. Uh, And then I meet you. And it's like, I have nothing to fucking complain about. Excuse my language. I'm really trying to not swear on my own show anymore. But you know what I mean? So to look at you and you're smiling, uh, people are going to get a chance to hear you speak and they're going to be blown away. But tell us a little bit about it, Brad, because you're just, I don't know, man. You're just, you blow me away and you inspire me probably more than anybody. Again, man, I, I, I appreciate it. I, it's, it, I think it's, it's part of my nature to, to try and stay humble about it and, 
and you know just just carry on and, and do what I do and and hopefully that is the goal to to inspire people along the way and and to you know open some eyes and really just really just change the world really change the the dynamic of how people view people with disabilities yeah we're different but I'm different by design yeah I got a disability but it's my ability it's my superpower it's my you know so people tell me well brad you just need to shut up sometimes stop no 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 i i'm gonna yell from a rooftop i'm gonna yell from a mountaintop i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing until they put me six feet in the ground whether that's tomorrow or whether that's 80 years from now and and continue to continue to make an impact and and it, it's not it's it's about a legacy it's it's not 24 hours after i pass I want to be remembered and then moved on. It's I want to be remembered for generations, you know, decades. Like just I, that's just who I am, and that's that's what I fight to do every day is to just leave an impact. So you want me to get my story? I mean, it's I'll I'll I will start from the very beginning. Uh, my mom was 16 years old, didn't know she was pregnant. Uh, was going in from what I understand, it was an appendix uh, type pain, so she was going in for what sounded like an emergency appendix surgery. Her friends took her in, uh, found out she was pregnant. Uh, big surprise to a lot of people, I think. And pop, um, right, right away, doctors said, well, clearly there's something wrong. We need to, we need to get it out. Um, I, was, I was in a, you know, not to get into too much detail, I was in a dry ambiotic sac. Uh, I'm not a female. I don't know what that is or how that works, but I was in a dry sack and clearly you need fluid to, you know, operate and, and function properly. And that clue wasn't there. So they, with lack of better words, they used the eject button, quickly ejected me out. Um, I was I was so small. My, my mom had to correct me the other day about it. I hope she's watching. Um, so I'm small on. that I can, you know, from the tip of your middle finger to about the forearm, that's how that's how small I was. I, I was pretty pretty tiny. And right away, doctors put uh, and there you there you see it there. Yeah, uh, seventy plus days in an incubator, uh, one fully developed lung, one struggling to breathe. You know, it's uh, from day one. I was fighting for my life, and and doctors gave me twenty four hours to live from the very beginning. And I tell my mom this, and I tell every speech that I heard. The doctors say that when I got out, and that's where my fighting spirit and that's where my fighting mentality came from. I, I was a fighter from day one. I continue, continue to fight for you know equality, rights, all this stuff. I, I continue to to fight to be on top of the quote unquote ladder and, and and to be where I need to be in life. It's it's a constant struggle and a constant fight. But uh, so 24 hours went by, 76 days went by in the hospital. Ended up going home, you know. From what I remember, had somewhat of a normal beginning, um, but my parents realized there was something wrong. I, I wasn't, you know, acting like a normal baby. I wasn't doing what normal babies do. So, I, upon many doctor visits, I got diagnosed with a with a disability called CP or cerebral palsy, um, and basically it affects the bones and the muscles in in my body. Um, they also found an inactive cyst on my brain. Uh, they figure it caused some bleeding when I was born. Um, thank God it hasn't been active now. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't be with you today. Um, so 
and from two years old. I had doctors, I, I remember doctors said if he's not sitting up by two, he will never walk, he will never talk, he'll never be a contributing member to society. And I basically said, not physically, but basically said, fuck you in my head. Yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to become this person that you said I wasn't going to be. And I wasn't sitting up by two years old. Um, you know, 20, 20 plus operations, whether that's anywhere from minor surgeries to Botox in my legs to, to loosen up the muscles to major surgeries and uh, breaking my legs and, and, and basically, you know, reconstructing from the kneecap down both legs. I'll get into that a bit later. But, you know, life was, I can't say it was bad. You know, my, my parents did a pretty good job of, of raising me. They taught me that, hey, I, I am normal. They, they treated me normal. I would, you know, uh, people, so many kids, even kids nowadays, come up to me in a mall or come up to me and they, not so much with COVID, but uh, they, they would come up to me and like, they, it was so weird. Like, oh, this guy's got four wheels or two le- or two wheels strapped to his legs or strapped to his ass. Like, you know, that's weird. So kids would come up and touch him and right away, parents would pull their kids away. Like, oh my God, no, no, no. Like I was an alien. I, I came from a different planet. I was, you know, extraterrestrial. And I'm like, no, like this is how kids and people learn. You need to introduce them to this stuff and not be, yeah. not be so sheltered and not be so, you know, afraid and scared. So I was always out there. You know, I, I used my voice for, for good. And, um, the biggest thing to me, I was on I was on a uh, bus ride to school one day. I don't remember when, don't remember how, but I'm um, going to school. I always had headphones in, listening to music. I'm a big hey, when you were going to school, like, would you be in a wheelchair or were you uh, yeah. with your wheelchair? Okay. I was okay. in a wheelchair, and then and then in between periods, I actually walked in a walker. So I didn't walk very well, but that's how I got my exercise and and kept moving around. Um, so, and, and you see that, that's actually, that picture there, that was pre-operation. So yeah, I have a picture of your walker, but I didn't want to say, ruin the story. So keep going. We'll get to that. That's, picture. that's fine. Um, so I'm on, I'm on the school bus and every time I had headphones, you know, in my ears. And that's how I kind of, that was my happy place is music. Always has been, even today. Um, for me, it's like old school rap, you know, Tupac, Biggie, Easy E, you know, NWA, Wu Tang Clan, all that. This today's garbage is is just all that. That's garbage. Um, but it, it was in my ears, and I remember all I all I heard was music. But I, I I looked around and I observed my surroundings, and there was two other people with disabilities on the bus. There was one, um, and she had a disability called spinal bifida. She couldn't feel from the waist down. Everything else was fine. She couldn't feel from the waist down. And then there was another one that had severe CP, so the same disability I had, but they were tube-fed, nonverbal, and, and 24-7 care of like seven days a week. So I'm looking around, and, and I, I watched and observed week in and week out, week in and week out, and especially the one girl. And every single day, she came on the bus, she was depressed. She didn't smile, head down. You know, she was kind of gray looking like in her face, you know, there was no, there was no like excitement to her, no joy to her. She'd go and the blinds were closed all the time. She'd go in and out. It was the same goddamn thing every day. And I, from that moment on, I said, I can't be like this. I got to hold my head high 
I got to be proud of who I am, what I am. God gave me these cards. So instead, folding was not an option. And folding's not an option now. I had to go all in. I had to take my take my cards instead of trying to reshuffle or, or do any of that garbage, what people try and do all the time. Instead of trying to reshuffle, I took my cards. I saw four aces in my hand through my eyes, and I shoved them right into the center. I said, this is me. This is who I'm going to be. I'm going to be the most positive guy in the room. I'm going to be the most energetic guy in the room. I, and you're going to know my name. You're going to know who the hell I am when, when, this, when this is done, right? Like, that's just, that's who I, that's who I was and who I am. And instantly, I became the voice for the voiceless. I knew I had a voice. I knew I was put in this position and, and given more than 24 hours for a reason and a purpose. And I was given a very powerful voice, as you can tell or, or see. Um <laughs> Or, or here if you're just listening. But I wanted to do it. I wanted to use it for good. I, and I knew this world was just bigger than me. I, I wanted to put people with disabilities. I'm going to be honest with you. People with disabilities are so far left behind. It's not even funny. And we're still in the 21st century. And we're still talking about this. Like institutionalized. People with disabilities are looked upon. Us. We're passed for jobs. We're passed for promotions. We're last still picked in sports, all this other bullshit, I'll, I'll say it, but where we really should be picked first. So in my, in my life, I wanted to become my own number one draft pick. I wanted to become my own all-star, my own, my, my own McDavid. I knew, I knew I couldn't be McDavid because there's already McDavid or I, I couldn't be Gretzky or I couldn't be couldn't be Alway or it couldn't be Bobby Orr on my other shoulder. I, I need to be me, but I need to be the best version of me. Um, you, you know, so school, I mean, going through that process and it was it was a daily struggle, man. Getting up out of bed is hard. This stuff people don't realize. I gotta make sure my wheelchair's in a proper position for me to get up in the morning. My wife's gotta help me up in the morning. Like you know, I had to almost put my pride aside for a lot of things, realize I needed help, be okay with help, be okay with assistance, and still live my life and live a high quality of life. And I wanted people, I wanted to be out there. Social media, I, again, I wanted to be not a private guy. I want to be out there because I want people with other disabilities to look at me, whether a lot of a lot of people with disabilities struggle with depression. A lot of people, you off the top, you talked about athletes and suicide and drug addiction, all that stuff. I know so many people with disabilities who are still drug addicts, were drug addicts, they're drunks, they're depressed, all this stuff. So I wanted somebody that was down in the dumps to look at me. We're all in this together. We're, we're we all come from different places, different struggles, but you need to embrace your struggle. You need to embrace failing. You need to embrace everything around you. You need to embrace your wheelchair, embrace all this stuff. So that's that's who I, I aim to be every single day. I, I aim to be that person, that image for other people with disabilities. If he can do it, why the hell can't I? And I want to start, I want to create an army. 
want to create an army of people with disabilities that are standing tall or sitting tall and, and they're proud of who they are. And they're, they're the best in wherever they can be, whether that's a CEO, whether that's a, a sledge hockey athlete playing for the Canadian Olympic team, you know, whatever the case may be, that's that's where I want people with disabilities to be. I want, I want people with disabilities and even myself at, at times to be treated with more respect in the community, within the government ranks, all this stuff than people give us credit for. You know, and that was the other thing for me too. I, I went to school for radio and TV. I, I'm going to kind of jump around a bit. If, that, if that's that's okay. man. You go wherever you want to go. I'll, I'll, I'll start. I'll start here. So, um, I, I played sledge hockey growing up. I played 16 seasons. Okay. Team Alberta. Hockey player. I, sorry, I take that intro back. You were a hockey player. See, I, when, I, when you told me, see, that before you go any further, I just looked at that picture and realized the date on it. So full disclosure, I never asked you how old you were, and I just never knew. I just assumed we were around the same age. I knew maybe I was probably a year or two older, but I didn't know that I'm like almost 10 years older than you. I'm like seven or eight years older than you. Cause like, I look up to you as if like you're 10, 20 years older than me. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Like, you know what I mean? How that works. And that just goes to show how, how, you know what I mean? How big of a, like just impact you have as a person. And before you carry on, I just want to touch on a couple of things before we, we go. Um, I love how you said um, your disability is your superpower. I think that is so important. And I want to give a shout out to Aaron Miller, who was on my show before I changed the name. That's Chad Miller's um, mom and Chad. We just had Chad Miller's anniversary of his passing too. Uh, just a few days ago, another junior A hockey player who died of a heroin overdose in the States. Terrible story, uh, but she has the Miller Strong Foundation, and that's kind of her catchphrase. is like, turn your turn your weakness into your superpower or, or whatever. You know what I mean? I think that is. Yeah. I don't want to butcher it, but it's along those lines. And so that's really important. And I think if you can if you can really get to these these this community of, of disabled people who may be struggling with depression or addiction and i want to say i wrote it right here while you were talking hastings because i was down on hastings for nine months in vancouver i talk about it all the time but i don't talk about it all the time i mentioned that i was down there but i don't really go into detail but i'm going to tell you that when i was down there brad i saw i can't tell you man probably over 100 people in wheelchairs that were homeless down there seriously addicted to, to drugs and some without legs, some without legs and arms, um, and without housing, without, and it is terribly sad. And uh, so I think if you, you're, what you're doing is incredible. Like, so if people can see you and not just people in the disabled community, but they look at you and they're like, okay, so sure. The people like right from day one, you kind of had the odds stacked against you, like you said, but instead of reshuffling, you're going to play your cards. Just like with my story, okay? I was a decent hockey player. Not me. I probably, in my mind, I think I could have been better than I was if I wasn't so nuts up here, but that's beside the point. <laughs> However, if I would have just retired from hockey in 2012 and carried on and had a normal life, who the hell is Brady Liebold? The only reason I have a voice right now is because I played high enough level of hockey to get me the connections. But really, the reason why I have a voice is because I've gone through trauma, abuse, addiction, and all that. And now I've 
I've kind of done the same thing, turned that into my superpower. So what a great point. If people listening, if if you have any addictions or, or disabilities, or if you know anybody, please remind them that they can turn those things into something powerful because look at Brad, He's you're using uh, your image of saying, hey, look, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to get shit done and get the fuck out of my way because if you're not on my team, beat it and we'll or we'll beat you down because like you said you're not slowing down and don't slow down ever brad carry on with your story never shut up if those people tell you to to tone it down that's because they're just jealous and they're worried they're they're scared that they can't be on your level so keep going i i appreciate that and you know it's it just i i feel i do i i feel like i have a responsibility to to look after kind of my own and and you talked about you, you know you talked about people on hastings and, and look the government tells us i tell the story i told the story on stage the, especially here in alberta it could be different in ontario because right, it's different province to province but the government gives you 1685 on disability uh, with if you have a permanent disability to live off of that's what they tell you you're worth $29,000 a year. That's what they that's what they tell me I'm worth. When you're 18 years old until you're 65, that's what you live off of and then you you collect a, a bunch of other stuff and then you you just you die. Basically, they're like here you go. Oh, done. Yeah, you lived a life. Fantastic. I I knew I wanted something more from the hop, from the get-go. So, I was always a hockey fan, always, you know, it, it drove me um, so I played for Team Alberta uh, for 16 years. Uh, okay. That's how I, I know Rosie. Uh, Rosie, yeah, yeah. Rosie, Rosie yeah. came out to, to camp and and let us. I don't think I ever shot on him, but he was there, kind of training and teaching us. Because really, what they did was they they groomed us to be the next players for the Olympic team. Unfortunately, I didn't make it, but I, you know I, I got to experience uh, some things. But um, the, another big thing for me and another huge eye-opener was I was 16 years old and or, no, I was younger than that. And I met a guy at, at camp. His name is Matt Cook. And, you know, being the outspoken guy I was, I, I showed up at breakfast one morning and I noticed he had one leg. And I said, where the hell is your other leg? Like, what happened to you? <laughs> kind of joking around, right? We were teammates for a couple of days and didn't even really get to talk to him. He goes, oh, I lost my leg to cancer. Um uh, full ride scholarship to Michigan, played in the Alberta Junior Hockey League with the Vineville Pontiacs, well on his way to the NHL, uh, going to play in the NCAA and then go go the show. And I uh, had a freak accident into the boards and ended up, uh, his injury progressed and, and turned into cancer. They had to amputate from the knee down, very similar cancer to what Terry Fox had, uh, very, very uh, similar procedure to what he had as well. And he became... You know, I'm the oldest in my family, my brother. He became a big brother to me. Uh, instantly, after Camrose, after Team Alberta camp, he actually became my line mate in Edmonton. We played together for a short time. And, you know, Matt, Matt always pushed me to be better and do better. And Matt had, Matt had a dream. We both had a dream. Uh, it was hidden inside me for a bit. I don't know why I held it inside. But I wanted to be an NHL broadcaster. I wanted to be the first person with a disability up on in the booth uh, broadcasting games. And I, I wanted to walk across the stage for grade 12 graduation and receive my diploma. 
and nothing was going to stop me. And, and there, there you see, it's it's done. But uh, I I remember I at, at the time at, at the time it was it was very difficult. It was a difficult journey, and and there you see my parents. I couldn't I couldn't you know live this life with without them. And um, you know it's it's been incredible. I mean I I thank them. I, I don't thank them enough. I I try and let my actions thank them, and I'm building. You know they don't they don't understand it or, or really see it, but I'm building a business for them so they can retire. So they and I'll get into that so they can have the life that they sacrificed to to give me. Um, so I, I remember you know putting all this work in and, and trying to walk across the stage and all this stuff. And doctors approached me one time and they said, Brad, we want to break your legs. I said, Excuse me, you want to what? Like with a sledgehammer break my legs or like. Surgically, surgically break my legs, right? And they go, no, no, no. We want to surgically do it because when I walked, and I don't know if you can go back to that picture and, and really, really show in, in the walker. Uh, oh, uh, this one. Yeah. So as you can see, my knees were kind of turned in. So this was before the surgery. Uh, this is, and those, um, all those reflectives in this vest, I would literally walk in a circle, like in this square for eight hours and they would test my muscles and my, and all this stuff. Like it, it was, I felt like it was in a video game. It was crazy as well. Wow. But uh, so my, my knees were, were, they were like this and they would rub together. Obviously they need to be straight and, and pull the part a little bit so they don't rub. So that's what they wanted to do. They want to break my femur. Uh, they wanted to twist my kneecaps. I'm sorry for getting gross, but. Oh no. Twist my kneecaps in the right way. I uh, correct them. Uh, it was, you know, going to be a 12 month, uh, you know, procedure and, and with, with uh, rehab and everything else. And they wanted to do it. And I, I found out shortly before I got a phone call at Easter dinner um, from Brady Cook that uh, Matt passed away. And, and Matt passed away his third battle of cancer um, right before the Vancouver Olympics. Uh, almost almost 11 years ago um and he never did get to rep like represent his country on a on a big scale like that uh, he did get to wear the maple leaf thank god but never you know in his backyard for the olympics it was in vancouver it would have been just incredible so that was my that was my point i said look you know what i'll do this operation for me but i want to do it for cookie too i want to do it for maddie um you know, it was a dream for him to watch me walk across the stage. If this is going to help me and make me better, let's do it. Um, I went through intense rehab. Like, we're talking intense. Eight to ten hours a day, like, stretching, you know, in the pool, out of the pool, relearning how to walk, relearning how to step, relearning, like, all this stuff literally from, from day one and, and scratching. You know, my, my therapists and, and, you know, my physiotherapists and my doctors, they did a tremendous job. And, again, I thank you. But – um, I, I had, again, you talk about this deck stacked against you. Doctors told me, or not doctors, teachers told me I was crazy. I'm like, you're not coming back to do this. That's nuts. So guess what? I charged through the door. I had a quick meeting the day of graduation. Uh, nobody knew I was coming back. Obviously I had family that knew I was coming because they bought tickets to graduation and everything. Um, but nobody else knew I was coming back. I basically, the way I tell it, I snuck through the side door. The principal grabbed me, said, what the hell are you doing type thing? 
Uh, I remember having a quick powwow with my my uh, principal and principal assistant and my teacher's aide, and I ended up compromising. I said, "Look, I don't want anybody to see me." I said, "I want behind the curtain." They had a ramp for the other kids with uh, in wheelchairs that led to the platform. I said, "I'll compromise. I'll step on that. You lift me up to the stage. I'm gonna walk outside the curtain and 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 graduate, grab my diploma. Like I'm I'm doing this. I don't give a what you say, I'm doing this. And kicking and screaming, man, we, we did it. I I ended up the curtain. And let me tell you this, one of the biggest accomplishments of my life, besides starting my own business, owning my own home, and obviously getting married to my beautiful wife. But imagine this for a second. Two, when I come around the corner, 2,000 people stand on their feet and chant your name. And like your peers are there, your family's there. That was one of the last times my grandfather, uh, Lord rest his soul, got to see me and and accomplish really the goal. And I remember pointing up, and I remember talking to myself, standing there for a minute. I said, "This is, it's worth it. I, this is what I, this is what I worked for. This is this is why I did it." And then that was fun. We did it from that. It was it was great. It was awesome. But the next journey now was was getting into radio and TV, um, and and there was more kicking and screaming. I, I actually got into the TV side of things, so they split it up. It's radio and TV. Um, I got accepted into the TV side, but because they didn't think I can carry a TV camera, I could do all this stuff. They said, "Oh, we're going to accept you, but we'll put you on the radio side." I said. Okay, whatever. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. Just let me get my college career underway. Like, whatever. So, got into radio. That was fantastic. That was great. I broadcasted uh, three Nate Ooks, which was the, the the hockey team here in Edmonton, both men's and women's team. They've never won championships uh, in 20 plus years, let alone together. And every year I was there, the, both of the teams won the championship. So, uh, you're welcome, Nate. I like to. I'd like to. Uh, uh, how bad does an NHL team want to win? Maybe the maybe the Maple Leafs uh, should bring you in. <laughs> hey, hey, I know you on. like the Oilers. I know it better be the Oilers for you, right? No, I. Hey, I'll, I'll do it. Hey, if Kyle Dubas wants to give me a call, call me up. Let's let's get her done, man. Let's do it. Let's, yeah, he's Dubas. Dubas is a great guy, man. I like what he's doing the, with the young. Uh, direction he's going with uh he's kind of like that next generation of like if any if we're ever going to see any major changes like we got to get some youth in there because the, all these old guys still have that old hard-headed thinking but carry on i want to hear more about you know before you do jump in there um you know you mentioned uh shout outs and rest in, in peace to cookie you said he mentioned the, the terry fox thing terry fox that's where i'm from is pork Quillum, same hometown as terry fox i always like to give my shout outs to to terry fox and all that he's done, it's uh, its about the only thing Port Coquitlam's known for. Um, that's positive, other than the Picton Pig Farm, but we're not going to go there. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you a quick story, Brad. Actually, when I went to Holland to play hockey, which was an absolute nightmare because I was uh, withdrawing from Oxycontin and nobody knew. It was horrible. I didn't sleep for 21 days. I was puking and shitting myself. It was horrible. I can't even... Uh, if you've ever seen the movie, like, train spotting or, like... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. It's called, like, everything we lost in a fire or, like, where, like, 
Benicio del Toro's like at that girl's his best friend's that died's house and he's kicking the heroin. That was that's me in, in the Netherlands by myself pretending that I had H1N1. Oh no. Yeah, and it was oh man, it was terrible. But now I forget why I was even telling you that story in the in, in the in the first place. But uh it's yeah, that was not a good time. What were we talking about? See my concussion brain. No, it's all good, man. Uh, we, I was talking about just uh, getting into radio and TV, and um, the Nadukes. I, I broadcasted them for three years. Yeah, you that take it away. Year. You take it away because I lost my train of thought as per usual. So, oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. Now I know yeah. what I wanted to ask you. So, when you were going through as a kid there, and you know, feeling alienated, like mm-hmm. you know, how did that feel? And you know, you mentioned that you didn't want it to be that way, but like you can't really change how people are going to act, right? You can only worry about how you're going to control. So did you, you mentioned that you would, you, I can tell you're the type of guy that steps out and you'll make other people feel uncomfortable just because you feel comfortable and you want them to feel comfortable, right? Like, yeah. and that's the thing. So how is, how did it change over the years, Brad, from like, being that young kid where, you know, maybe the kids looked at you different, like, has it changed? Uh, or do you still feel that alienation when you go out? Like, do you still suffer and struggle with any of those same feelings that maybe you had as a kid or, or, or you pass that and just focused on what you have now? I'd love to hear what you say about that. Yeah, hundred percent. I think growing up, look, uh, I, I had, I, I hated pretty well. I had days of depression. I had days of, of dark days why me poor me all you know all, all the all the shit that goes to your head but as you get older and as you realize i, I like to think I, I age like a fine wine a little bit i i get wiser and and, and maybe taste a little bit better as i get older you know but right. as as i get through and as i look at things now i mean look i've always said i'm here for a purpose i'm here for a reason and that kind of leads to my story when I was in radio TV and going through and trying to get my practicum and they wanted me to bounce around from town to town, to town, to town, make $12 an hour, live out of a suitcase, all this other stuff. I first, I couldn't do that. It was almost impossible for me living with a disability because I needed, there needed to be many other steps. I needed to line up, you know, Okay, home care or, or all this stuff. Make sure I had my ducks in a row before this, you know, hit. And But then, you know what? I sat there for a minute and I realized maybe I don't want to do this full time. Maybe this is a hobby. Yeah, I like sports. Yeah, this is great. But the world is bigger than just me. The world is bigger than just me. And look, society as a whole is very selfish they're yeah. very me 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 and i think that's why we're in the position now with the election and all this other bullshit with covid and we won't get into any of that but you know all this all this division where it's not about me it's about we we need to come together. there it is i've been waiting for that that was from the intro that's the slogan i've been waiting for it's not about me. It's about we. You got to trademark that. I'm telling you right now. I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah. If anybody, listen, if I see it anywhere because you heard him say it. I will come personally hunt you down and take care of business for my buddy Brad because that's all him. All right. Go on. 
I appreciate it. Uh, you know, look, it, it's it's not it's not about me. It really isn't because I'm I can only do so much. If we can band together, multiple voices, multiple multiple eyes, ears, whatever, multiple wheels, whatever the case you want to look at it, the better society and the better but we and the larger impact and difference that we can make. So when I sat there on my ass six months waiting for a practicum, didn't come through, it fell through because they pulled the rug because they wanted to go in a different direction because, you know, radio and TV are outsourcing now. It's more so leaning to podcasts and, and, and doing that, which is great, which is fine. I'd much rather prefer that. Anyway, uh, that's a totally, totally different conversation. No, no, no. I'm, no, just- I, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, I looked at it and I said, Again, the world is bigger than me. So what can I do to make even a larger impact? Well, what furthest from from radio and TV and people with disabilities than money and finance? And I started my own business. I, I'm an insurance and investment broker and have been for the last six years. And guess what? I absolutely love it because I, because I get to help people for a living. I, I get to go to work every single day and make a difference on another scale. I can make a large difference. I can make a small difference. But every single day I'm making an, an impact. And I, I got a goal. I got a dream. And I want, I want to share it with you. Please um, do. This is, and I always talk about this. I got a goal and a dream to make a million dollars a year. Now, before, before we go any further, people always ask me, well, that's selfish. That's crazy. Why do I make a million dollars a year? Yada, yada, yada. It's not about money. It's all this. My, my parents even say that. Well, it's not about money. No, guess what? There's a bigger picture here. And people don't see this because they're so caught up in themselves that we need to generate the bigger picture. Now, the bigger picture is here. It's not about the cars. It's not about the money. It's not about the houses. It's not about any of that. That's great. That's a byproduct of working so hard. Because hey, I, I I want to become a self-made millionaire, not yeah. someone hand me a million bucks. I want to work for it. Yeah. Right? So all that's a byproduct. But what I want to do, back to my people with my my disabilities, I, I love them. I appreciate them all. I want to create an entire community of fully wheelchair accessible homes, fully wheelchair accessible whatever they can, whatever you need. Whatever is completely funded, completely paid for, no worry, no bill, no no monthly expenses, and you can live your life as a person with a disability and, and live it the way you want to live it. Live your life to your fullest and, and and really live it to what it's it's meant for, and that's actually living, going out and and seeing that person beyond the disability, letting go of the struggle, letting go of you know, all this stuff and not having to worry about it because screw the $29,000 a year a government wants to give you. I'll give you a hundred grand a year and you go live your life, right? I'll be, I'll become the government, right? And that's, that, that's, that's my goal. That's my vision, man. That's my dream is, and, and I want to change the world. Like I, I, I do that with my foundation now. And, and really we've only done one event thanks to COVID. I mean, we're, we're brand new, but, 
I just I want to become a household name, but I want to become a household name for the the best and the greatest abilities. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm here for the right reasons. I'm here for a purpose. I'm here to make a difference. I'm not here to you know. There a lot of people got a hidden agenda. Oh, I'm here to screw people. I'm here. Yeah. To I hear it all the time, especially in my field now. I hear it all the time of oh, you're ripping people off, all this stuff, yada yada. But people don't understand. Look, me being independent, being being on my own and in business. I'm all about education. I'm all about education and understanding. And yep. if people get that, then life is life is good, man. I, I'm just here for I want to make a difference. And and you already are making such a huge difference at such a young age. I mean, the amount that you've gone through and persevered through is in, in your first 76 days of life is more than any most people will ever have to go through. Like, um, you know, and your parents to have to go through that and watch you. Uh, you know, my daughter is just uh, in the NICU coming off uh, medication. And that was hard. Like, you know, that was a month in there and there was no chance of her, you know, not making it or not, you know, sitting up or being told she's not. Right. And that was hard enough. So, you know what I mean? I can't imagine how hard that was for your parents. And, and you, they must have done they must have done such an amazing job with you because, um a lot of it is you, but I mean, to look to a kid's character, you just have to look to the parents in most cases and in not all cases, but most. And so it's, it's a testament to them. Uh, but before we wrap it up and I'm Brad, I'm sure we're going to do this again, like probably yeah. once, like I'm going to keep this going. You'll probably be on my show like five, 10 times, probably by the end of it, I guarantee it. But before I let you go this time, um, tell us a little bit about your relationship with uh, Luke Robitaille and his wife. <laughs> yeah, what what a crazy what a crazy relationship that if, is. If you don't mind, is that too personal or is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm, because I, I want... sorry, and you got the jersey in the background. So, well, I, that's John Elway, but that it's still is that the story. No, it, they're connected, but they're different. Yes, it's it's a okay. different story, but they're connected. Um, you know, I I'm always I'm a as you know, and and I've probably seen I'm a go getter. I I go after what I want, and. Hey, if somebody tells me no, I pivot, and and no doesn't mean forever. No means not right now. We're gonna revisit this later. So nice. I ran a podcast. I, I did a podcast for almost thirteen years uh, with a really good friend of mine. We went to school together. One of my best friends today is my best man. Um, you know, I, and we were struggling for a guest. So he said, "Why don't you search social media and find us a guest?" Yeah, no problem. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I typed in on Twitter, and he goes, "Why are you typing a hockey legend?" that we haven't heard from forever. So I said, okay, how about Luke Robitaille? Typed in Luke Robitaille. Uh, nothing came up, and the name Stacia Robitaille came up. And I thought that was a sister at first. Uh, you know, beautiful woman. I'm not going to lie to you. And I found out it's his, it's his wife. And Did you look over at your wife when you said that? <laughs> no, my, my wife is right here, though. But I know. I saw you look <laughs> over at her. Shout out. She's a sweetheart, but anyways, they're, keep they're best friends. They're best friends today. I know, sense. I know, I know, but I just saw your eyes glance over there because, like, you're because I could tell she was there. So, anyways, I wasn't yeah. saying it that way. Keep going, though. Hey, hey you, you know how it is being a man, yeah. you can always feel a lady's presence. That's how it works, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I reached out to her. I told my story very briefly, not in depth of what I did here today, but. I told my story. I told her what we wanted to do. Hey, I'd love to have Luke on for 15, 20 minutes, talk hockey. We're not going to ask your same boring bullshit questions. I want to come up with something different. We're going to – out-of-the-box questions, we're going to make it fun. 
Absolutely. Let's do it. She got back to me in 15 minutes. Hey, I love your story. Love your energy. Absolutely. He's all in. We're going away uh, for our anniversary. Let's do it when we get back. Three weeks later, Luke Robitaille phoned into my show. We did the show. Um, but my life changed forever at that moment. Um, his wife, we stayed in contact every day. She FaceTimed me the next day and said that was one of the greatest interviews he's ever done. Um, we, I also love your story. Apparently she looked me up or researched me. I love your story. Can you get down to California and be the guest speaker to our charity? Without hesitation, I said, absolutely. Sign me up. I'll book my plane ticket. Let's go. Um, within six months, I was in California in the Robitaille's home in Santa Monica, uh, speaking to, to their wonderful group. They help uh, Echoes of Hope. They help emancipated and foster youth go to college. Uh, they I mean, books, yeah. books, backpack education, incredible cause, incredible human beings. Uh, a couple have gone on, become lawyers and everything. Wow. Just incredible, incredible stories. Um, and really, that's that's when that's when things started to ramp up for me. Um, when they both come up to me after my story, I spoke for about an hour. Uh, they both come up to me after my story and said, Brad, you got a voice and the world needs to hear it. You got a story, and the world needs to hear this story. That when it, when a hockey hall of famer and Stacia Robitaille's wife, who I have the utmost respect for, when they look at me and tell me that while we're eating Thanksgiving dinner, American Thanksgiving dinner, they invited me over as a guest at I'm their like, house. At their yeah, at Luke Robitaille's house. Yeah, how cool is that? So. I, I was taken back, and, and you know what? I really thought about it. I said, guess what? I, I'm not trying to be self-centered here. I don't want to just be about me. But, yeah, let, let's make a bigger impact. Let's let's use my voice for something bigger and something better. And, and so here we are, man, and, and we're, uh, we'll keep going. Next week, next week I speak to a school, uh, virtually another one, and uh, I, I speak to a, a group in Edmonton, um, a group of disabilities. Uh, it's a, like a work placement group. Uh, they get me to speak to their – it's a new group every month. They get me to speak every month uh, with them. It's been virtually virtually for a while. I was on Rosie's podcast uh, last week, you yeah. today. Shout, and, out, uh, shout out to Gooch Live, uh, Paul Rosen and Gooch down there in wherever the hell in near Toronto <laughs> they are. And, and, uh, and man, I'm just – I'm like I said, here to make a difference. And, and if, if somebody – all it takes is one person, man, to hear my story and to hear what I've gone through and – my, my job is, is done. And there's a lot of people, too, that don't like me. For some reason, they don't like me. They don't like my story. They don't like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm self-centered or however they want to look at it. Guess what? They're probably – all it is, and you talked about it, it, it is jealousy. And yeah. sometimes they got to look at themselves in the mirror, and they, they got to reflect, and they got to get better, and they got to grow. I feel yeah. bad for those people. So do I. They got to get back instead of reflecting and, and vomiting on somebody else because you don't like that person. It's time for you to get better. It's okay. time for you to grow. It's time for you to surround yourself. Look, I, I didn't get this life by accident and I'm not where I want to be, but I'm damn well heading there. I surround myself with, with positive people every single day. Positive people that bring me up, that support me, that chew me on, that put me in line when I need to be put in line, all this stuff. The negativity I cut out a long time ago. I, I, I let that go. You want to whine? You want to bitch? You want to complain? You want all this stuff? That's not that's not my life. That's not me. 
You go and do that in your corner. If you're going to solve, yeah. do it. But when you want to step up and become the person that you need to become, then come talk to me and let's do it. Let's change the world. I love it. I absolutely love that, man. That's uh, that's so true. And that's kind of like the way that I feel right now as well. And it's like, you know, I wasted, I tell people, like for me, like I wasted like fuck over 10 years of my life. And some of the best years could have been the best years of my life, not only my life, but my kids' lives I miss out on um for nothing for addiction right and i i say it's for nothing but now it's you know it's got it has to be for something like you know we've lost people a lot people have lost their lives that can't be for nothing like my time lost with the kids it can't be for nothing uh you going through what you went through and fighting through it can't be for nothing there's something bigger um here and certainly for you man and like uh, there's with like no question brad you're already you're already ahead of the game and you don't even have to try to inspire people you just do naturally so it's you know what i mean it's you said it best, I think, you know, you, your disability is your superpower. And I think, you know, if there's anything that anybody can take from this podcast, there's so much, I mean, probably have to go back and listen to it three or four times and, and get you on three or four more times to really get, get all of it. But, if, you know, I think that's the one thing I, I hope people can, can take from this is if you have something that maybe isn't your strength or in your case, a disability um, or an addiction or whatever. Yeah. You can use that as an advantage, as is the case for you. Sure, maybe not in everything. You're never going to play on the Olympic hockey team, but you almost made the Olympic para hockey team, right? And now you're going to change the world in other ways. So where where there's one door that's maybe not open all the way, there's like 10 other ones that are wide open if you change your mind up here and, and remain positive. It's all, here. it's all up here. And Brady, we can both say this. I know probably for you it's the same. I didn't come this far, just only come this far. That's right. We got to keep pushing through. And not every day is, is puppy dogs and rainbows, but it can be puppy dogs and rainbows up here. And people may call you crazy. People may call you nuts. But guess what? The crazy people rule the world. And that's what we're here to do. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, absolutely, man. I that's Fortunately, that's, that's the way it is these days, isn't it? But it's right. a good thing too because I think some of the people like with with that are a little bit out of the box, we need them. Maybe not Donald Trump in, in this case, but um definitely it takes people like you, like you know, people that some people are afraid of, or if people are telling you like to tone it just that's usually a good thing, right? Like that's usually, especially because you it's different if people are like, yo, stop that or whatever. If you're doing things that aren't positive or aren't benefiting your life or others but if you're just doing something that's such a powerful movement and inspiring people people either love you like you said or they want to hate you because they're just miserable with themselves right that's what it comes down to so i'm going to uh let's see if i can get this get this going here you never thought that hip hop would take it this far now i'm in the limelight because i rock tight i love it man i used to work out to that one all the time shout outs to biggie you said you liked uh tupac and biggie and biggie is you who's better tupac or biggie before i give hey, you hey man i love them both but I, I gotta i gotta go with Pac, man ah uh, yeah i love tupac yeah but i love biggie though too biggie, yeah. biggie did some some uh hey they're all they all did what I'm trying to do and change the world. They really they they changed the rap game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. And, and, and too, I keep saying before I let you go, uh, I hope too, uh, that, you know, you and I connect to, through the Poxbar foundation, because I honestly, as you were talking and, you know, reminding not only me, um, but the world, people that are listening, uh, that people with disabilities are still being treated unfairly, uh, in a lot of spaces. Um, sure. There's been a lot of inputs like ramps and stuff and are accessible and we live in Canada, but still there needs to be a lot more done. And as you were sitting here saying that, I got to thinking like, you know, as things progress uh, with whatever I'm doing and uh, I feel like we may be onto something here too. And uh, there may be, uh, there's certainly an opportunity for you like now, <laughs> like we need your help. We want your help now, but I feel like we can get, you know, like, again, stealing your slogan, it's not about me, it's about we. So whether you have your charity and you're working with, there's somehow we can coincide everything. So it, I've, I've said this to Rosie because, you know, Rosie has a disability as well. And like with the Pucksport Foundation, like that you, you were a sled, like a para hockey, I'm not going to say sledge hockey. You guys called it sledge hockey back when you played, right? But, yeah. now, but now it's para hockey. So para hockey, yeah. Right? But there's a, there's like, a whole other division of puck support, but for para hockey, you, you know what I mean? That yeah, 100%. holy shit. Like I, I was saying, Rosie. So like, that's something like me, you and Rosie could talk about, like, and, and we can get out there and, and, and incorporate hockey. And by incorporating hockey, you can, you can open even more doors and stuff. And, and then that also helps uh, your charity. Give a plug to your charity. Where can people get involved and, and check it out? Uh, yeah, www.wheelingforhope.com. Um, again, we're still kind of relatively new. We did one event last year. Uh, we raised $13,000. Uh, we got a wheelchair for, for somebody in Edmonton. And uh, this year, we're looking to go bigger. Uh, all, you know, with COVID, obviously, up in the air and, and everything else, we're, we're trying to do something. Uh, there's an individual in Edmonton, especially in Edmonton, who needs an elevator put in his home. $80,000. The government said, go fuck yourself. We're not helping you. So in comes us. Uh, we, we want to make that difference. We want to help and raise as much as we can and, and make, make that guy's life and family's life uh, a hell of a lot easier. That's, that's incredible, man. Um, it's a privilege to call you a friend. Um, and what an honor to have you on the show. And, you know, I'm sure the feedback's going to be unbelievable, uh, as I'm sure is the case, just like Luke Robitaille and his wife thought it was the case. And they're like, man, you got to come to our house for Thanksgiving. Uh, we didn't get to the rest of the story, but we could save that for uh, for next time uh, because we certainly have to do this again. Brad, thanks so much for doing this. Um, I appreciate it. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you're, you already are changing the world, man. You already have, and, and I know you will continue to do so. I, I appreciate that, man. We'll, uh, we'll see you Tuesday night. Uh, hey, absolutely. I wanted to say that too. I missed Tuesday. Brad um, has a Tuesday night group. I was hoping actually Taylor, my girlfriend, was going to join us, but she didn't But uh, uh, last week. But we've been meeting uh, Tuesday nights. Um, there's a group of us just for an hour. And Brad had put it on, came up with the idea a couple weeks ago, and it's been a blast. We even played games uh, through Zoom and stuff. So thank you, Brad. Uh, it's been a privilege to be a part of that group too. Shout out to everybody in that group. Hello to your parents and especially your beautiful wife having to put up with you all the time. Holy shit. Yeah. It's not easy. It's I'm not joking. easy. Huh? <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks so much, brother. Take care. We'll see you Tuesday. All right, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Brad. All right, bud. Much love.
All right, guys, that's my friend, Brad Barco. What a guy, eh? Um, I, it's not even much I can say, right? Like, I'm not really even in a position to, to say, even comment on it. It just blows me away. I'm like, wow, wow. Um, the first time I heard him spoke, speak, I can't even talk. The first time I heard him speak, I was like, first time we kind of talked, it was like, maybe like seven seconds in the conversation. I'm like, this guy's got to come on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. And Brad, are you going to stop talking? Cause I need to ask you if you're going to come on my podcast. Okay. But try to keep listening. Cause this is a good story, but you think he's going to come on my podcast. Then I found out he was going on Rosie's podcast. I'm like, okay, he'll probably come on mine. Cause he mentioned it in the same like sentence. I was like, yes. So uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to Hudson and Ethan Shaver. You guys watching? Maybe you're not. Hopefully you're in bed. It's after 10. I'm, oh, I, I didn't even realize that was the picture on my background. That's going to make me cry. That's a picture. If you're watching, that's a picture of my grandma and grandpa that my, uh, my cousin Debbie, my dad's cousin Debbie over sent to me. Shout out to all my family back home. It's my grandpa, Ron. He passed away when my dad was 12. His initials have been on my hockey stick since I was 12 years old. Every stick I get. Um, so that picture was kind of cool to get that the other night. I didn't have that picture. Uh, it meant a lot to me. Um, Hudson and Ethan, take care of your brother, Jaden. Uh, that's uh, Hudson and Ethan are Jaden Shaver's little brothers, the one-stop skate shop magician. You should see this guy with the stick. It just still blowing me away. Some of the stuff he's landing, he doesn't have the camera turned. I'm like, Jane, just turn the freaking camera on. Just assume that you're going to land something stupid every single time you're doing it. Just press record. Then today he had landed something absolutely ridiculous. It wasn't even recording. So lessons learned. It's not like a one-off thing. The kid's so consistent. It doesn't even matter. He goes out there for two minutes and gets the video done. Other guys, it takes them. I've seen like... This took me four hours to land, and then it goes and gets posted. Jaden's like, this took me four minutes to land, and then I'm going to go out there, and it'll take me like two minutes to do it again. It's nuts. You guys are going to get to see it in full full swing. I also want to say thanks to Matt Rawson and Jason Martins for all the support. Down to the One Stop Skate Shop, and uh, also their avid listeners to the podcast. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, anybody else that's listening, if you're around the area, if you want to come down, talk shop with Matt or I, or even if it's just me, if you're going through something, anything, you can reach out to me. Uh, if not to me, please do to somebody else. You do not have to um, suffer alone. If you saw the hoodie that I made earlier, it's put away, it's folded because there's three golden retrievers in the house. We don't want to get dog hair on it, but it says it's okay to be not okay. And that certainly is the case, right? Like we all go through things at different times. Uh, from my experience, I'll tell you what, the longer you hide it, no matter it's addiction, mental health, the longer you hide it and try to cover it up, the worse it's going to get. And I can guarantee you, it might not get worse tomorrow. It might take a week. Actually, it probably is going to get worse tomorrow, but you just might not notice it for a week or you keep lying to yourself, lying to the people around you saying, I'm okay. I don't need help. I can do this on my own. 
I couldn't do it on my own. Shit, I still can't do it on my own. I still myself need to reach out and get more support, more help than uh, than what I'm getting. So, I mean, I do what I do um, and I talk whatever's going on with me. You guys know I'm candid about it. Sometimes I just need to hold back a little bit and I don't, but I made a promise when I started this thing, that's the way she was going to go. So, um, before I sign off though, I want to say too, if anybody knows where Jeff Irwin is, okay, Jeff Irwin, I played with this guy, Burnaby Express. He won the national championship on that team. I obviously quit that year. Uh, they went on to win their RBC with Kyle Turris um, and several other amazing players. Ernie went on to, we call Jeff Irwin Ernie. He went on to an NCAA scholarship. He's an incredible guy, somebody that was always compassionate with me when I was struggling there, when a lot of guys kind of turned their back on me um, and clicked up and kind of wanted to get me off the team, which was probably the best move for the team. But Ernie kind of always had my back and he messaged me about three and a half months ago saying he had moved to Vancouver. He asked if we could connect and I told him I was in Ontario, um, but as soon as I got home, I, if I was coming to visit, I'd love to see him. That was the last time I talked to Jeff Irwin. And the other day I got a message from Janet Hollick. She sent me a link. Jeff Irwin is missing. He's been missing for a couple of months and it's not sitting easy with me. This is a former teammate of mine. I wonder, they found his car with his laptop in it. There's some surveillance photos, but there's a lot of unanswered questions. And more importantly, I'm sure his family, I know his dad is looking for answers. So if anybody, anybody listening to this ever, whether it's right now or five years from now, if you know where Jeff Irwin is, please let somebody know. There's people that are missing him. And uh, I would really like to see him come home. And uh, yeah, he was probably one of the fastest skaters I ever played with. True story. As sad as that was, thank you, Janet, for keeping me in the loop so that we can get it out there. Um, I'm still blown away by it. Last thing I want to say, I'm going to play the video one more time. It's just a quick eight-second video of Mitch Fadden scoring a shootout goal. Three years ago today, we lost Mitch Fadden to an overdose, an accidental overdose. I'm not going to go into details about it, but I've been told it was an accidental overdose, which I believe, and that's the thing. So many times I overdose accidentally and there's people there to use Narcan on me and bring me back, right? How many times I used alone and, and very easily could have went out. I remember fighting it because I knew like if I go down and like, I remember seriously fighting it a couple times, but the times when I couldn't fight it, I was so lucky that some somebody was there. An angel was there to Narcan me. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I have narcan over easily, easily over a hundred people. And if you think I'm exaggerating, go spend a day on Hastings and see how many people overdose in 
a six hour period. And then you tell me if I'm, if I'm exaggerating, it's, it's insane. Mitch wasn't that lucky. Neither were a lot of other men and women and even those in the hockey community that we've mentioned. So if you're struggling with addiction, especially, I want to encourage you all right now to cut the bullshit, cut the bullshit, cut the lying. Just stop, just stop lying. If you're enthralled in addiction, you're not okay. I'm calling you on your shit right now. If you're listening to this, if you think you're addicted to alcohol or drugs, gambling, sex, food, something, and I'm mostly talking about drugs, cut the shit until you cut the shit, until you stop lying to yourself and to the people around you, you will never have a chance. You'll be surprised at what the truth will do for you and how much people will support you. doesn't matter what you've done. You could be forgiven, but you have to make the decision right now just to cut the shit. I swear to God, I hear all the excuses and I know their excuses because I use them all. It's okay if you're in addiction because there's hope. I promise you there's hope, but you got to get honest. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening. If you're in the South Dundas area, please come by the One Stop Skate Shop. Be sure to go to PuckSupport.com. If you want any Puck Support merch this week, this is how it's going to go. You have to send an email to team at PuckSupport.com. I already got a few in there. This is on a first-come, first-served basis. Once I get the email, you will get a response email. I'll tell you what products we have and available. This is just how it's going to go for a week. Sorry it's unorganized, but this is how it's going to go. You guys want it, want stuff now? This is how it goes. Send an email, first-come, first-served basis. So the first person to send an email, which was uh, Nick, by the way, Machek, down in the States, actually, send an email. With his size, with what he wants, I can be like, yeah, we have that size. Yeah, we have that. And I can send it to you. Or I can say, no, we don't have that, but we have this. Do you want it? Okay. Then I can know, take the payment and send it away. Hopefully in a week or two, we'll have the store set up where it's just click, order, and notify, send. Uh, but right now, that's how it's got to go. So we only have a limited supply. First come, first serve in order of emails delivered. So if you want any puck sports swag, that's the only way you're going to get it. And if you want puck support warrior swag, you have to earn it. If you've seen that puck, I'm sorry. I know people are loving that logo, but you have to earn it. You have to earn it. If you see somebody with that puck logo with the warrior helmet, they may have bought it, but you have to have permission to buy it. And actually, I don't even know if we're going to sell it because I want to be in the position to just give those to people. Carter Buckman, yours is on the way. There's a couple other puck support warriors out there. I'm sweating. I got this big light shining right on me. It's like a thousand degrees. I got to go. Thanks for watching. If you watch live, subscribe wherever listening and watching. And remember, guys. Have a great day, if you so choose. Rest in peace, Mitch Fadden.